0: It's time. It's time. time. Time to get in the zone. Time to
1: get
2: in the zone
1: with the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian.
3: 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast a part of the Odyssey Network. I am Brian. He is Al and we are thrilled to be joined by Odyssey NFL Insider Jason Lockenfora host of the odyssey original podcast in the huddle with brian baldinger and carl dukes covering the entire nfl jason thanks so much for your time today hey thanks for having me guys should be a heck of a ball game it is it is uh it is shaping up to be arguably the game of the year uh the two best teams in the nfl at least currently facing off and you know the ravens have uh Jason, the Ravens have added weapons for Lamar Jackson this year. Uh, they've got OBJ. They drafted Zay Flowers. Uh, but they also added uh, a new offensive coordinator in Todd Monken. They moved away from uh, someone that we know very well in Greg Roman. Um, how yeah. important do you feel that that move, that move from Greg Roman to Todd Monken, has been for Lamar and the offense as a whole?
4: Well, I, I think it had to happen. Um the other thing had run its course. You know, they they did revolutionize the NFL for a period of time. But then, you know, things got a little static. They got a little dry. Um, Greg Roman honestly got a raw deal in a lot of ways. I mean, they, they did a horrible job of allocating resources to the offense, not just even wide mm-hmm. receiver in general, but the offense as a whole during most of Greg Roman's run here. Um, he didn't have much of a deck to deal with. And then they also... Um, An offensive line that in 2019, everybody, you know, can make a case for a Pro Bowl. Fell in, into some disrepair as well. And You know, Ronnie Stanley has missed a lot of football the last four years, and he's not playing very good football right now either. Uh, so, yes, like the, the they had to get, shed their skin a little bit and get another voice in there and somebody else with Lamar and give Lamar a chance to grow in another way because Greg Roman you know, the system is the system, and he's he's not going to be super malleable. He was there for a particular reason to try to win a perfect – a certain way, and they mm-hmm. couldn't get to the promised land. And um, obviously, Lamar was going through his contract situation, and I think they had a pretty good idea that he was ready for a different sort of uh, look offensively. And so they finally, to your point, threw some money at the wide receiver position, kept using key draft capital on the wide receiver position, even though it hasn't borne much fruit for them. For the totality of their franchise's existence uh and it's a different thing and it's a it's a more interesting thing from a passing standpoint uh and and lamar has grown in a lot of ways but as much as they rolled up all these points and and certain weeks rolled up all these yards uh there's still a lot of inefficiencies in it and unfortunately they're dealing with some significant injuries again so um they've got to figure out another thing here right at first it was life without Mark Andrews now it's life without Mark Andrews life rotating four offensive tackles and life without Keaton Mitchell who had really brought energy and and a dynamic thrust to this run game uh with some elite speed and he could take a broken play and take it to the house and now they yeah. got to figure out what it's like without him because unfortunately he suffered a, a pretty significant uh
1: knee injury last week. Yeah, that Mitchell injury was rough, you know, for a lot of reasons. And, and I thought he was the weapon with Lamar back there that c- could have really changed the tide for, for the Ravens because he was so Absolutely. explosive. And, and you look at, you mentioned the past sort of disappointments they've had in the playoffs, the Ravens. Lamar is one and three in the playoffs. He's got three TDs, five interceptions. And even John, John Harbaugh hasn't won a playoff game since 2014. I, I know you have your finger on the pulse there in Baltimore, Jason. Is there, is there pressure on them right now? Do they have to make a run this year?
4: I I mean, uh, there's pressure. There's certainly they know what the bar is and the expectations here, and they know they haven't come close to it. Like, is there pressure from a job security standpoint? No. Like, nobody's talking around here like they are in Pittsburgh. Now, I get it. This team has 11 Mm -hmm. wins, and that's seven. But, yeah, if you go back to 2012, the last time the Ravens won a Super Bowl, the Ravens and Steelers got a whole lot in common in terms of true signature wins. And I don't think either coach should be in trouble. And I don't think either is. But the one here, no. I mean, as long as Steve Bashotti owns this team, like Eric DeCosta's is good. Uh, John Harbaugh's good. Now, I think Steve Bichotti's, I mean, two years from now, three years from now, is he still owning this team? I don't think so. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I, there's really none of that. I mean, other than, there, you know, the pressure that always exists, which is, you know, You've won Super Bowls around here before. You've you, you got it done with the quarterback. Um, it's time to start creating some deep playoff runs. That's been the objective for a while. Uh, but, I mean, look, like both their coordinators are probably going to interview for head coaching jobs. Lamar is a finalist, you know, is going to end up being one of the top vote getters for MVP. Um, you know, uh, they, they've got holes on their roster. They've got things they need to address. But... All in all, as an organization, I think they're in a pretty good place.
3: Yeah, and, you know, the 49ers made a pretty big trade midseason last year in 2022. They brought uh, a guy named Christian McCaffrey uh, over to, to the team from from the Carolina Panthers. But the Ravens made a, a big trade of their own when they when they went and got Roquan Smith from the Chicago Bears. How much of a difference has he made to this Ravens defense because they've given up the least amount of points in the league. Is, is he kind of the linchpin for McDonald's scheme, or uh, is it just kind of uh, right place, right time?
4: No, he's, he's got a lot to do with it. His arrival definitely uh, coincided with the ascent of this defense. Uh, it, it really, you know, it, it's allowed them to be a two-linebacker defense than a three. You know, before they were trying to figure out what is Patrick Queen, you know, and they also drafted Malik Harrison in that draft like in the third round, a pretty high pick. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think the thinking was, well, Bowser will be, um, you know, a strong side guy and Malik will be the middle linebacker because they lost C.J. Mosley a few years before the free agency of the Jets. And, you know, maybe Queen is uh, the will or we'll sort that stuff out. And then really, I mean, Bowser hasn't played much football the last two years. Patrick Queen didn't really ascend until they got Roquan Smith, who's brought out the best in Patrick Queen. And at the same mm-hmm. time, they're they're gathering all these defensive backs and how do we get them on the field? Well, it's great. Now we only need two linebackers on the field to do a better job than three we're doing. And so that's where Kyle Hamilton steps in. And um, until Marcus uh, Williams got hurt, these guys were about 85% of the time that they, they would have 75 to 80% of the time uh the last three four weeks they'd have three safeties on the field i mean that was their base so now they've got to recalibrate that a little bit but yes it gives them tremendous flexibility um he's been a perfect he settled everybody down he's been the the perfect central nervous system the perfect interconnective tissue between the d line and the and the back end uh leadership intangibles all that everything all the pieces fit into place He's a force multiplier. Now, on his own, you know, outside of some games with tackles, he's not going to light up the box score. He's mm-hmm. not going to, you know, he's not going to have five tackles for loss. He's not going to have sacks. He's not going to have a ton of passes defense. Um, so it's not really, it's not going to show up like that. But if you watch this team play and you saw them play before he got here, uh, he really has has been the glue, uh, and and they play in his light. Like, he's a he's a tone setter. Um, his physicality, his early game approach. Uh, and certainly they're, you know, they they've they've ascended across the board. They're still not great defending the run, um, not nearly as good as they were a year ago. Uh, mm-hmm. and they're not perfect. And they haven't faced a team like this offensively, especially not on the road, like not even close. So yeah. we'll learn a lot about both of these units, right? Because the 49ers, as great as they are. Um, they haven't seen a defense quite like this. They haven't seen an opponent quite like this.
1: Yeah, and that leads me to my next question, Jason. So when we're talking this year about, you know, the Niners are good and it looks like they're going to make a deep playoff run. Who worries you? And a lot of people said Philly, Philly. For me, I keep, I keep telling Brian, the, the Ravens scare the hell out of me. Just because they, like you said, they have such a good defense. They have Lamar. When you look at this game, you mentioned the Niners offense. What kind of challenges do you think Shanahan and his system posed to Mike McDonald in the Ravens' D?
4: Oh, um, plenty. Uh, these guys have struggled again. Inside runs have been a problem for them, draws, delayed handoffs. Um, teams that are a little creative attacking the A gap has given them problems. I'm sure the 49ers have watched plenty of the film from when the, the Ravens were out in Arizona and Connor mm-hmm. was out at the time and Di Mercado had had some fun at their expense. Uh, even teams that don't run the ball that well, Cincinnati. Ran the ball pretty well on the Ravens. Uh, And then if you – the outside runs are a problem as well. Um, And if you drill down on the Ravens against pitch plays, they allow 6.1 yards per play, 28th in the NFL. And as we know, San Francisco is doing a whole lot of that stuff, and they average 5.8 per carry when they pitch it out there, whether it's Debo or, or McCaffrey or whatever. Uh, Ravens have not been, even with Roquan Smith, helping them in coverage. They haven't been awesome defending running backs, especially in the red zone. And I think they're like 27th in the league in completion percentage to running backs. Uh, I think they're going to be, there's going to be a lot of torque and they're going to be sort of going to be pulled in a lot of different directions here in terms of, of what they focus on and who they key on. Uh, And then in the back end, Um, Marlon Humphrey's not having a great season Marlon Humphrey hasn't been that healthy Uh, And Sean McVay and Matt Stafford Threw it Marlon Humphrey Mercilessly in the fourth Quarter of that game in Baltimore two weeks ago And I'm sure that You know uh, Kyle has spent Plenty of time looking at that Now the Jags That game was kind of weird you know We come to find out Lawrence was concussed in the Second half of that game Uh, Mm. They don't have the passing game That the Rams have or the 49ers have but Marlon Humphrey really should be a slot corner at this stage, but I don't think he's going to be playing in the slot here. And and uh he he's he's had difficulties in coverage to say the least. So it's gonna be and look, they're edge rushed, they lead the league in sacks. And you can look at a lot of metrics and they'll tell you that these guys are off the charts. And and okay. But Clowney's starting to look his age and Van Noy's starting to look his age. And David Ajabo, who they drafted to come in and help this team, is not going to play any football this year. And Ty's mm-hmm. Bowser's not playing any football this year. And they're pretty thin on the edge. Adafe always the one pass rusher who generates the most heat, but he doesn't finish. He couldn't finish in college. Um, he's creating stuff, and they're not picking it up. So really, it's a one-man gang right now. You know, Justin Matabike and, and Travis Jones have 15 of their last 30 quarterback hits. Those are two interior defensive linemen. Um, wow. they're gonna have to ramp up the edge stuff big time and i i on on the road against you know this offense where the ball's coming out quickly and those guys are gonna have their hands full in the run game um i think the raven season tack, sack totals and sack rates um belie what's really going on there right now which is Matt winning battles jones comes in for him wins a few battles but I have I have questions about. They, they don't have a dude. Not a PK's a dude. They don't have any other yeah. dudes up front. Um, and when they play better teams and we get deeper into the season and Clowney's legs start to go a little bit and Van Noy's legs start to go a little bit, there's not a whole lot of there there.
3: Speaking of defenses that <clears throat> may have displayed a little bit of a weakness, you know, the 49ers just gave up 234 yards yeah. on the ground to the Cardinals last week. The Cardinals are a good running team, uh, but they were also missing Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead. Uh, prior to that, S- San Francisco had the number one rush defense, but you could also argue that the way that they've been playing this season, with the amount of uh, second half leads that and 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 the size of those leads yeah. that they've gotten, teams are having to abandon the run to 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 pass the catch up. The Cardinals didn't abandon the run. Uh, even though they were down multiple scores and, you know, again, scored or racked up 234 yards. Um, Do you feel like this San Francisco rush defense is not as good as the numbers belie simply because of that? And do you think that's something that the Ravens are going to either a look to exploit or b be able to exploit, even with Keaton Mitchell uh, now out of the game?
4: whether it is or not i don't care they, they better run the ball 40 times if, if they want to stay in this football game and they want to keep the, their quarterback um from suffering another december injury uh they they have the second half of the jacksonville game is who they have to be especially in this game um and they ran 30 times for over 200 yards in this just in the second half i don't know that it'll be that robust and bountiful against this defense but they need to find out they need to stick with it um you know, Todd Munkin likes to get cute on first down and a lot of play action, deep shots. Most of them don't get completed because they're not a downfield passing game. But, like, oh, yeah. no, that needs to be – if you're throwing on first down, it better be an RPO and the ball better be coming out quickly. Um, again, they're rotating their tackles. That they, 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 I mean, it's it – this is what it is. I mean, they're paying Ronnie Stanley $20 million bucks and he's spending a quarter of the snaps on the sidelines while Patrick McCary plays in his spot. and Morgan yeah. Moses is done. And they're, they're alternating him with a kid, a project, Daniel Fa'alele, a 6'8 kid, who is just kind of figuring it all out. But, like, they don't trust these guys. They just don't. They just And they should. Um, yeah. And against this group, forget about it. So uh, they have to be committed to running the football. And Lamar will put on a show, and he'll run 15 times or more, and he'll probably butt up against 100 yards. And, you know, Gus Edwards will, will have to run the ball 12 or 15 times. I don't care if it's 2-7 to carry. They're going to have to stick with that mm-hmm. um, for a bunch of reasons, including the fact I just told you their edge rushers are old and they're starting to look old, and that defense isn't built to be on the field all that long. Um, they need to get back to being a big-time of possession team. And, yeah, losing Keaton Mitchell, the home run hitter, hurts. Justice Hill's a capable back. He's he's the, the next guy up in terms of that Mr. Outside, the guy who can gain the edge and, and do some things out there. Gus is Mr. Inside. Uh there's got to be a role for, for all of them. Um, That's, that's how they're, if they're going to go deep in the playoffs, that that's how they're going to do it. You know, it's not going to be because Odell Beckham's catching, you know, eight balls for a hundred yards every week. It's not going to be because Isaiah likely is as good as he's looked is doing what Mark Andrews can do. Um, It's, it's just, again, especially with their problems, at the tackle position, like, and on the road against this team, on a short week, nah. Yeah. Run the ball.
1: Jason, who do you think's winning this game?
4: I think the 49ers are winning this game. I, I think it's not just who you play, it's when you play them and where you play them. And I, I don't think those things line up very, very well for the Ravens.
1: Jason, Again, appreciate the time. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Injuries, so much. all of the above. You got it, guys. Thanks, all Jason. Right, appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. Bye. All right. That was Jason Lockenfora uh odyssey nfl insider make sure to follow in the huddle on your odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts
2: selling a little or a lot Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
1: Brian, I got a couple things. I got something I want to talk about. Yeah. I didn't tell you this before. There's just just something on my mind. There's something I want to get off my chest. I I want to do that. But before I do, I want to thank Panini um if you follow me on twitter you know i just did a giveaway i gave away some panini legacy cards if you're watching this or the clips we're not watching it because it's a podcast but if you watch the clips um i got the panini legacy box here i want to thank them for sending that to me i'm going to try to do some more giveaways for fans check out panini check out their stuff their cards are awesome there's autographs in there numbered cards it's really cool stuff so i want to thank them for sending me that and we'll get as much out to the fans as we can all right here's what's here's what's on my mind brian here's what i've been thinking about okay Everybody, everybody—not everybody—but there's just enough of this. Well, Brock Purdy's only good, Al, because you know he's got all these great people around him. And the, when Trent Williams was out, and when Debo Samuel was out, he 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 didn't play as well. So I just I've just been really thinking about it, and here's I guess here's the here's the way I want to put it to people, and this is probably the simplest way that I can do it. When you look at any great team, the people are usually good and the players usually excel because of the people around them. This is football. This isn't baseball. This isn't basketball. This isn't LeBron that can blow by somebody and take over the game. This isn't a pitcher who can strike out 18 people. It's a team game. You do have some quarterbacks sometimes who can be transcendent. I think we've seen Patrick Mahomes do that. Mm-hmm. But the reason the 49ers are the 49ers is because Trent Williams makes Christian McCaffrey better. And Christian McCaffrey yeah. makes Brock Purdy better. And Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle, they all make each other better. And Chase Young has made has helped Nick Bosa and Javon Harvey has helped Eric Arden. And it's just the way it is, down the line, down the line. And when you look at even McCaffrey, McCaffrey is having an all-time season. Yeah. Not only for the 49ers, but for the NFL. This guy is gonna maybe have. 2,100, 2,200 all-purpose yards. He's going to lead the league in rushing. He might score the way up Kyle uses him. What's he got, 20 total TDs right now? What's he going to yeah. score, 20, 25 this year? I mean, he's having an all-time season. You can make the argument, though, Brian. Part of the reason McCaffrey's having an all-time season is because he's on the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> because he's yeah. got all these great players around him. Because he's with Kyle Shanahan. And no shade on McCaffrey, who I... I will sit and talk for hours about how good I think Christian McCaffrey is. But in that three-game stretch where the Niners struggled, 11 carries for 43 yards, 15 carries for 45 yards, 12 for 54. He struggled, too, during that time. In the game before that against Dallas, he only had 51 yards on 19 carries, and that was a game where they threw the ball better. So I'm tired of, like, people just – they want to have the hot take. They, They don't want to give people credit. Football is a team game. Yes, the 49ers have a lot of good players who are having amazing seasons. They may have four 1,000 yard scrimmage people and a 4,000 yard passer this year, which hasn't been done, I think, since the Colts in 2004. So, when the Colts in 2004, they had Harrison and Stokely and Wayne and Adrian James and Peyton Manning. Dallas Clark. They all made each other better because they were great. And it's the same thing with the Niners. Like, stop nitpicking this. If McCaffrey wins the MVP, great. If Purdy wins the MVP, great. You know what? They're both deserving. But they're on a great team. and Usually who people win the MVP, they're on a great team. It just is what it is. So I'm tired of the nitpicking. I'm tired of whatever. The Niners have all these guys and just deal with it. They're going to make each other better. And as long as they're all on the field together and healthy, they're going to be really, really tough to deal with.
3: Well, and, and, and here's the thing, right? Like, we talk about Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey has been great. And he, like Brock Purdy, is you could say significantly better than I'm not going to say Brock Purdy has been significantly better than Dak because they're pretty, they're fairly similar, but Chris McCaffrey has been significantly better than, than the next closest in, in rushing, which is, I believe Raheem Mostert, I believe is, is number two, right? Running in the same system that Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. is. <clears throat> but if you go back to 2019, Right, the, the the year that the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. They didn't have a Christian McCaffrey, but they still had a running game that was dominant to the point of 2,305 yards on the ground and 23 touchdowns. Like it, it it's not like it's not like Christian McCaffrey has all of a sudden given the 49ers a running game. They already had a running game. What Christian McCaffrey has given the 49ers is an even deadlier passing attack, which bodes well for Brock Purdy. And I was looking at this the other day. I thought it was interesting. You know, I've I've done this before where I kind of read off the numbers that where Brock Purdy currently is or what his numbers are projected to be versus the numbers that Matt Ryan put up uh, in 2016 with the Atlanta Falcons. And those numbers are very, 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 very similar um, in terms of yards, touchdowns. um, The the only two areas where where Ryan would have an advantage is in total yards or passing yards by, Mm -hmm. I think, again, through projections right now, um, through, I, I believe, by 200 yards. And I think three more touchdowns, 38 to 35. Again, these are projected. Um, But if you look at uh, if you look at Matt Ryan's season or the Falcons in general that season, the Falcons were averaging 33.8 points per game and and San Francisco is currently averaging 30.4. So they were averaging three points more per game. But Atlanta allowed 25 points per game that year. And S and San Francisco is currently allowing only 16.7. So the difference between Matt Ryan and Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy has been sitting fourth quarters, multiple games this season. And Matt Ryan never did because they weren't blowing teams out like this team is right. They didn't have the defense that this 49ers team does. So all these numbers, right? The four, 4,944 yards for, uh, for Matt Ryan, again purdy's projected this is again just based on the number of yards he's thrown so far through 14 games and then so you take that average and then you multiply that by 17 game season and you get his projection and he's projected it's uh 4646 so 300 yards less right um 300 yards less with one more game which seems you know n- to imply that it's not nearly as good but again Brock Purdy has sat fourth quarter, significantly more than Matt Ryan ever did. Uh, and then 38 touchdowns to 35 touchdowns. Um, but the touchdown percentage is the same 7%. Um, Brock Purdy is on pace for, uh, two more interceptions than, than Matt Ryan had, but his success rate is better. His yards per attempt are better. His, um, QBR and his rating, uh, are, or his rating is, is, uh, Almost similar, uh, almost exactly the same. So Matt Ryan was one seventeen point one. I was going to say he's one seventeen. Uh, I thought, yeah. Brock Purdy is one sixteen point nine currently. Again, that's current. I can't, I can't project what that will be moving forward. Isn't
1: isn't Purdy one nineteen now? Didn't that go up? Am I wrong?
3: It may have gone up. I this was an oh, i the numbers I was pulling are I think a, a couple weeks old. So I th- actually do think you're right. I think he's at one nineteen now, which would be higher. But yeah, the thing that I thought was interesting. Is Matt Ryan accomplished all of that on 537 attempts? Brock Purdy is on pace through 17 games for 466. So almost 100 less attempts to, to produce the same level of efficiency that Matt Ryan did. And to me, that's incredible. And that just, again, points to the historic the historically significant efficiency that Brock Purdy is operating under. And, you know, you look at, you look at the league and you say, it's been a down year. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019, if you look at just the raw stats looked very similar, right? More interceptions, less touchdowns, same amount of yards. Right. And, and as a team, they were scoring 30 points per game in 2019. But also 2019, Lamar Jackson existed, right? So that's why Jimmy Garoppolo was never even in the conversation for MVP because mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson was, a, was Superman in 2019. So it just wasn't even worthy of a conversation. There hasn't been a Superman this season, even if you, even if you want to include Tyreek Hill or, or Christian McCaffrey. So to me, it, again, it's all about context. We're talking about 2023, right? When we talk about MVP, we're talking about just this season. And I I just don't think you can point to anyone who has performed at the quarterback position better than Brock Purdy. And as Peter King, we talked to Peter King and he said, right, the last 10 years, that award has gone to the quarterback of the one or two seed from either conference. Mm -hmm. Currently, again, as it stay, as it sits, that's Purdy, Dak, Lamar Jackson, and uh, Tua Tonga Valoa. And of those four, i i don't know that anybody has uh really any case above brock purdy
1: yeah and it's just we've gone over so many times he he's he's not thrown for 240 yards and one touchdown he's doing things we haven't seen before right having an elite season a memorable season just enjoy it man just just enjoy it all right brian looking at this game so I'm I'm a little bit surprised in the sense, you, anybody who, who knows me knows I've been like the Ravens scare the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. They, they just do. They're the team that mm-hmm. probably scares me. I just feel like they present problems to the Niners. Now, without Mark Andrews, without Keaton Mitchell, I'm a little less afraid on the offensive side. And the Keaton Mitchell injury to me, some people may not even know who he is. Yeah. I thought he changed everything for the Ravens because he was a home run threat out of the backfield. And when you get Lamar Jackson back there and you have somebody like him, it just one play can change the game. And when right. he went out, I, I said, that, that could be the injury. That's huge. As much yeah. as you wouldn't have thought it three months ago, that could be the injury, even more than Mark Andrews. That, that might derail them. Cause Isaiah likely he's not Mark Andrews. but He's done a good job. Mm-hmm. Was on a Cordell Woodland today. who's um, He's got a Ravens podcast and he, he is on one Oh five, seven, the fan out of Baltimore covers the Ravens. You know, he's in the locker room mm-hmm. and we talked today and, I was a little surprised, same as with Jason. They, they're talking about some some holes in this team. Yeah, so one of the things that he brought up, and the same thing Jason were 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 the tackles. Ronnie Stanley is not healthy. Ronnie Stanley's been getting pushed back. He's not having a great season, and they're having issues on the other side as well. So so the Niners can absolutely take advantage there. Where I'm worried, Brian, because you brought it up earlier, if Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave don't play. All bets are off here to me
2: because you, yeah.
1: you saw the Cardinals be able to run the ball in the Niners. What was it, 224 they ran or Two, whatever it was, 220 plus, 264. Yeah. So that's, it's a lot of yards, and, and they look like they were getting yards when they needed to. And we've seen the Niners struggle to defend the run at other times. I'm nervous as hell with that. that If, if Armstead and Hargrave are there, I feel great mm. if they're there in healthy play. If they're not, I'm a little bit worried. Yeah. With, but we'll see. On the edges, the Niners may be okay. we'll We'll see up the middle.
3: Yeah, and then not only that, but Kalia Davis went on IR. Um and so you've lost yeah, another point, body. Yeah. yeah, you lost yep. another body there. Uh they signed a guy today. Again, not a not a name. Uh somebody asked Kyle Shanahan earlier this week about Ndomakin Um mm-hmm. and he essentially said, like, we're not there yet. Um, I would be interested to see if if maybe <laughs> they look to bring him in. I know that he just Visited with the Dolphins uh I think yesterday. It was either yesterday or today. Um, so he is starting to get a little traction. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he he's in that part of his career where he's gonna sit out the majority of a season and then try and catch on with some, you know, some uh contender. Uh, which yeah, by the way, at, yeah. why hasn't Zach Ertz signed anywhere yet? That seems weird. But I forgot about him. Yeah. I forgot that's... that
1: he was even out there. Yeah, because the yeah. Niners were were sort of rumored there.
3: Yeah, and that's why I'm like, that's weird. Like, why hasn't he signed with anybody yet? That was interesting. Maybe he's not healthy. I don't know. Could be, but um, but yeah. So, so the depth on the interior is is a problem. Um, you know, they have T. Y. McGill, uh, who played well for them last year and and played well against uh Arizona. The one thing that I noticed, and this, and and again, I don't know if it's just a lack of playing together, but one of the things that I noticed last Sunday against the Cardinals is how many times. I saw one of our or both of our defensive tackles on the ground. Like, not only like either blocked into the ground or like blocked into each other and tripping over each Mm -hmm. other, things like that. And it really, like I said, it kind of felt like they just weren't used to being out there together and just used to being out there in general. You know, Kalia Davis, uh, Kevin Givens, right? They don't tend to play together, right? That Mm -hmm. rotation tends to be Hargrave and Armstead and then you're rotating in you know, one or two guys, and that is usually Kevin Gibbons and Javon Kinlaw, right? But now with the, the two that spearheaded out, now Kinlaw and Gibbons are like your one, your one and two. And now you've got guys that aren't used to playing like Kalia Davis, T.Y. McGill, things like that. Yeah. I, I think I think as long as one of Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead plays, I I feel better. Um if neither one of them plays like you, that scares me a lot. Uh, because, you know, they looked piss poor defending the run last week against Carolina and I, d- Carolina, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I don't anticipate them being able to get out to such a lead like they did against Arizona that allowing 264 g- yards on the ground doesn't matter, right? They're not, I don't think they're going to be able to blow out this Ravens team. Now, with that being said, I was surprised at the way that Jason talked about the defense specifically and essentially that while they are good they are not dominant right? right they're not dominant on the edges um you know on the interior is 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 where they they tend to to be getting a lot of their pressure and so you know you're going to have to have a good game from who I hope is John Feliciano and Aaron yeah. banks. Um, I think Feliciano has one hundred percent earned the the that spot, even if Burford he needs, is healthy. He, he needs, needs to, to play yeah, great. um and so that worries me a little bit. but but again, I think, like he said, Kyle's going to watch film and see that they can get to the edges on this team. And if they can get to the edges, the interior doesn't matter as much. And so, um, yeah, I, I was surprised to hear again, Jason, not be down on the defense, but I, I thought this defense had been performing, you know, as the, as the best defense in the NFL. Um, and, and it sounds like they're starting to leak oil a little bit. And so I, I would imagine Kyle Shanahan is such an incredible, uh, game plan, uh, implementer right he's he watches the film he's going to find whatever your weaknesses are and and he's going to attack the shit out of them. and it sounds like that is outside uh with marlon humphrey and that is on the edges in the run game and i would imagine we're going to see a lot of outside zone we're going to see a lot of tosses we're going to see a lot of jet sweeps uh with debo we're gonna see, you know, and and I think you're gonna see if if they attack downfield, it's gonna be on the outside with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. And then I think if they're attacking the outside and it's and it's effective, it's gonna soften the middle, and then all of a sudden now you can see Kittle up the seam or or whatever the case may be. I am a lot more confident after talking to Jason <laughs> than I Same. was before talking to Jason.
1: <laughs> I felt so I started my day today. El Sackle wakes up in the morning and I like I said I went on a Ravens podcast. Yeah. We, we talked with Ryan Hensley today, mm-hmm. and then we had Jason on. And I woke up today. I feel better now that I did when I woke up because the Ravens people I've talked to, there's a hint of you know, we're a good team, but there's some ways you can attack us. In the defense, yeah. I think this is this is a McCaffrey and evil game because yeah. of what we said with the running and what Kyle's gonna do. I think Kyle's gonna be pretty creative in the running game. Now, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier in the show or not, but McCaffrey and Debo are the only two players in the NFL with five-plus rushing and receiving TDs. That shows you how what the Niners can do in that running game. They can really diversify in that running game. Mm -hmm. They're really tough Mm -hmm. to defend in that running game. And you look at the Ravens this year, That everybody has been saying, you know, they have issues against the run. The Colts ran for 139 out of them. That was a game the Ravens lost. Tennessee ran for a buck 29. The Cardinals ran for a buck 29. And then recently, over the last five games, The Browns ran for 178. They beat them. The Bengals ran for 136. And the Rams, who put up 31 points on on the Ravens, ran for 128. That first drive against them, when the Rams came out, they ran basically that whole drive to get up. So unless something fluky happens where the Niners get down 14 points or something like that, I think it's McCaffrey. I think it's Debo. I think you're going to see – not that Debo's going to have 10 carries, but I think he's going to have three or four well-planned runs in there. so I, I feel good, man. And it's hard yeah. right now for me, this team to me, Brian, there's just 94 vibes to me yeah. with this team. So in the sense that I don't, they don't have a, they don't have a team. They need to get over. Like the 94 team had to get over the Cowboys. The Niners just have to go over the hump of getting over the hump. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they need to get, they need to finish. They need to get a ring for this core. And I think they understand that. And It just feels that way for me this year. Like, they just, they're just, they're kicking the shit out of people. Other than that three game stretch, which, whatever, it happens to all teams throughout a season. Yeah. They're kicking the shit out of people. <laughs> yes. They seem like they have a purpose. And this is going to be, I think this could be a Super Bowl preview. I think this is a lot of ways the toughest game they played this year. I'm really interested to see how it pans out. Now, if they lose, am I going to go crazy? No. Because again, this we've seen this team have a rough yeah. stretch and bounce back because they're so talented. But I feel like, they're gonna win the game. And I feel like this is just, you know, again, God willingly barring injury. This is gonna be a tough team to be the rest of the season.
3: As as Johnny Cash was wont to say, God willing and the creek don't rise, right? Like as long as there's no injuries yeah. or anything like no that. Tragedies type um, stuff. Um yeah, that's uh this team when healthy, I I just even the Ravens at at the at the same record of of eleven and three, I just don't think they're anywhere near the caliber of this 49ers team regardless of what their records say. And I, I agree with you. You know what I would love to see? I would what I would love to see is if the 49ers do win the Super Bowl, uh, which is being played in Las Vegas uh this this year, it comes back to by the way, it comes back to Santa Clara in twenty twenty six, I think. Twenty twenty seven, something fairly soon. It's coming back to Santa Clara, which is fun. Four of the next, I think it's four of the next five Super Bowls are essentially in the Western uh, Western time zone. But I would love to see, just as a nod to Steve Young and that 94 team, I just want to see someone take that monkey off of Kyle Shanahan's back, right? Mm. It's not the quarterback this time. It's the coach. It's the head coach. That's, but a, great, that's someone, a great point. Someone needs to take that monkey off his back
1: if they win that thing. I would love to see dude. Dude, that's such a great storyline when you look at yeah. what Kyle's kind of been through. So he has the not, not that he was the head coach for the Falcon Super Bowl, but right. he was the offensive coordinator. And there were some play calls that maybe should have been different there. Mm-hmm. And he said, I remember reading an article where he said he walked in. There might have been a hotel room and saw his family just like collapsed. Like that's how much it took out of him. You know, what I mean? yeah. like he just broke down and then he's the coordinator. Imagine what these Niners losses have taken out of him. Mm-hmm. You have the Super Bowl that you're up by 10 in the fourth. It yeah. looks like you might be able to finish it out. And then what happened there happened there. You have these NFC championship losses that have been, you know, whatever happened against the Rams, you we a drop yeah. pick. Um, and then last season, you don't even get to compete because your right. quarterback gets hurt. That's a great, that's the story right there. If Kyle gets back, get the monkey off his back, because what's yep. going, we talk about Steve young, mm-hmm. Steve young was going to be an a, he was an elite quarterback, but he yes. goes to legendary quarterback with the super bowl, right? You have mm-hmm. the championship. Mm -hmm. Kyle is going to go from, you know, great head coach to legendary. Great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If he, once he gets a championship, you're talking hall of fame head coach for Kyle Shanahan. You are, you are, he's going to have 10 plus years here. He's already got a super bowl appearance in three NFC title title games. Mm -hmm. If he wins a title, you're talking a hall of fame coach. Yeah. That's how much is on the line for him. So that's a great point, man. I I think that has to, that has to be talked about a little more than it has been.
3: Yeah, and also uh, if if you haven't or anybody listening, um, Robert Mays of the Athletic Football Show on their uh, week four, we just did week fourteen, right? Week fourteen recap. Um, he has about a five minute like rant on not rant because it was positive, but about Kyle Shanahan and just how mm-hmm. we are not talking enough. About how goddamn incredible this guy is as an offensive innovator, a play caller, uh, a team builder—like all of it. We don't talk about it because we talk about twenty-eight to three. We talk about, yeah, you know, the fourth quarter against the Chiefs. We talk about the NFC Championship game against the Rams. We don't really talk about last year's NFC Championship game. There wasn't anything that they could do. No. Uh, yeah. But we talk about those things rather than really recognizing just what it is that this guy has done i mean look he has taken the last pick in the draft and has crafted a historically efficient offense with him like that it we don't talk about it because i think we're just spoiled with how with how good kyle shanahan is is like we don't even recognize it but you know he basically said like once once he wins that championship then he starts to get talked about in the same breath as Belichick and Reed and yeah. Walsh and you know the guys that the guys that we look to and go those are those are the guys that we point to on the Mount Rushmore of NFL head coaches, and he's gonna have an argument. And let's be perfectly honest: if they win a Super Bowl this year, they will be the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. Absolutely. And if Brock Purdy is who he appears to be, right. And we won't know that until he gets another contract. We talked about that a little bit with, with Ryan earlier today, you know, what is it going to look like? You know, are they going to have to give him a $50 million contract? I posited that Brock Purdy strikes me as the kind of guy that might not try and break the bank, you know, in order to continue to compete because to me, Brock Purdy seems to eat, sleep and breathe football like he just seems like a football guy right like you know like we said he's he's shopping with Cole's cash like he, <laughs> he has no he, he has no care about his persona his image whatever what he cares about is playing winning football and so there's a part of me that wonders like is he i mean he'll get broken off i'm not saying that he won't but mm-hmm. is he going to get broken off like Jimmy Garoppolo got broke off, or is he going to get broken off like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow? And, you know, basically, again, whoever signs next is the biggest contract right. in NFL history type stuff. But if Kyle Shanahan wins multiple Super Bowls, especially with San Francisco, I mean, it's the, the, at that point you're going, he's top five. Like, he's top five (laughs) it just with his offensive innovation you know his uh his his team building and that's the other thing he's an offensive-minded head coach who sinks a shitload of resources onto the defensive side of the football yeah and a lot of offensive like i was listening to uh it might have i i do this this might hurt your feelings. I think I was, I was listening to dual threat, which is one of the ringer. That's the one with Nora Prince, and Steven Ruiz. And they were talking, (laughs) but they were talking about, um, they were talking about Kyle Shanahan and team building and, you know, his focus on the defensive side of the ball, which is, uh, unique to, um, you know, unique to offensive minded head coaches. And they gave a, a, an anecdote about, um, let me back up. It was either it was either dual threat with Stephen Ruiz and Nora Princiati, or it was Candlestick Chronicles with Chris Biederman and Kyle Matson. Those were the two that I listened to today. I can't remember now which one, but there was an anecdote about how Mike Martz, like Mike Martz, didn't even ever want to draft a defensive player, right? Mike Martz just only wanted right. like wide receivers and and skill position players, right? Because that's that was his side of the ball. And so I, I just think he's a unique he's a unique coach in the NFL now and. And all that's holding him back is that championship. And and once he gets it, it's like I said, the way that we talk about him is going to change dramatically. And his legacy is going to change dramatically. And so, yeah, like I said, who, you know, I know a lot of 49er players listen to this podcast. So, one of you guys, <laughs> one of you guys, or somebody get this to a 49ers player. Uh, maybe Tabor Pepper. I don't know. It feels like this is a Tabor thing, but somebody. Please take that monkey off Kyle Shanahan's back if you guys win it all uh in in February this this coming year.
1: You know, they're they're on a run right now. You think back to the 80s, 90s, Niners, Peyton Mannings, Colts, the Patriots. When when you just know this team's coming out and winning 12 games, it's really yeah. hard to do. It's really yeah. hard to be that good consistently. Or Mahomes and the Chiefs are doing mm-hmm. it. That that's that's what the Niners are doing right now. 2013, yep. 19, 13 wins. Then you have the COVID year, throw it out. Yeah. Ten, then 10 and seven, then 13 and four. They're going to win, you would think, 13 at least this year. Yeah. That's a lot of wins, man. If Kyle yeah. gets 13 wins, I don't care if they're playing 17 games. 13 wins is a lot of wins. Yeah. He has 13 wins three times in five years. It's really impressive. It's wow. wild. Yeah. He gets yeah. the Super Bowl and then, you know, he goes to the next stratosphere. So fingers crossed. Um, you know, it's just—it's a good time to be a Niners fan. You just hope the football gods are actually with them this year, as opposed to against them, like they have been recently. And we'll—we'll we'll see what happens. But Christmas night, Niners Ravens—I'm gonna be really intoxicated. by when the game's <laughs> on. I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. My wife's gonna be throwing me dirty looks, and she's—I don't even care. It's not gonna matter at that point. Watching the game, I—I I, I can't wait.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. You know, my, my wife and I, when it comes to gift giving, we just essentially like send each other, here's what I would like you to buy me and wrap and then I'll unwrap it. But This is, <laughs> this is what I want. And so I, I know on Christmas day, I am unwrapping a new Niners hat and a new Niners, uh, like one of the gold satin starter jackets has actually has an old, um, uh, speaking of Super Bowls, it has that uh, Super Bowl patch from 94 on it. And so I'm just thrilled to be able to wear that as we watch the game as well. So that's, that's my not problem.
1: the one you, you ordered from like Saudi Arabia. Is no, no, no. I never the got, one got that one. On. No, that
3: was from China. Okay. Oh, that never, was from China. And it never arrived. It never arrived. And I never Dude. got my money back. But to be fair, it was like, I don't know, $30. So I wasn't super upset about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch those websites, too.
3: Yeah, I've learned my lesson. That's for sure.
1: All right, guys. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. For Brian, I'm Al. Merry Christmas.
3: Merry Christmas, you filthy animals.
2: That is all three. One, two, three. <laughs> 2400
0: Sports is an Odyssey Company.